0: Hello, this is Hope, and you're listening to Covert Castaway. Welcome to my weekly diary of what I learn and how I cope with transitioning to life as a liveaboard cruiser. So how do plans change from being a working mom to a wannabe cruiser with no previous sailing experience? Exactly. It has to do with a man, but maybe not in ways you think. Welcome to Covert Castaway. Today I'll share my story about how live aboard sailing went from an idea to a dream to a plan. It was December 2008, and I met him out in front of a local coffee shop for the first time. He was a lot taller than his picture looked, and his smile was nervous, but his eyes were like this captivating blue and filled with wonder. I had to check over my shoulder for a minute to be sure his gaze was truly intended for me, and it made me nervous as I locked my car. So we ordered our coffee and found a table towards the back, and we stumbled to find words to start a real conversation that originally began online just days before. Okay, this is where you roll your eyes at me. I had no expectation of meeting anybody decent on a dating website at that time. So my bar was impossibly high. Plus, I was 40, and it was hard for me to understand who wanted to date anybody who was 40 with two kids who had been divorced. My bar was high, and it was unrealistic. And in hindsight, I think it was just to protect myself from sociopaths and serial killers. I had divorced friends like me tell me just these terrible stories of online dating, and I didn't want any part of it. Our conversation focused on our children. At the time, mine was 12 and 10, and his were eight and six. And he had this dreamy French accent. So you go into the internet and you put in all the things that you want, and then out pops a guy with this French accent. It was crazy. He talked about growing up in Brittany, France, and how he ended up in the US living just one town over from me, and shared a lot about his children. He obviously adored them, and he explained that he once had a plan to sail with his children around the world in a sailboat, but it was probably unlikely now with his divorce. This idea was just completely unimaginable to me at the time, but the way he talked about his passion for open water sailing and being able to share that with his children sounded both insane and inspiring at the same time. I grew up with little means and a lot of uncertainty, so it's really important to me to give my kids things I didn't have. You know, live in a good neighborhood, have a decent house that's in a neighborhood with good schools, have a green lawn, a good job, a stable home life. And that was the idea, at least before my own divorce. So my MO was about being a responsible adult, working hard, putting money in the 529 and walking a straight line into some unknown sunset. I don't think I would say I was risk adverse. I just lacked creativity and I had an inordinate need for control at that time in my life, which is I think what happens when you're playing the game of 52 card pickup that comes with a marriage dissolution. You seek control in small places where you lack it everywhere else. What I also found refreshing was his European perspective on life, that we as Westerners, we just completely miss it. At the time, I was just ruled by my Outlook calendar, my commute, my career goals, and my children's sports activities and school schedule. He talked about the importance of work-life balance, his love for traveling, and living a simple life with his children. His kindness and his ability to be completely in the present moment was alluring and completely unnerving all at once. But his words were calm and soft, and the conversation was easy, and when I looked at the clock, three hours had passed. About six months later, I joined him on his small racing kill boat sailing on the bay. And we sailed from the bay out to the delta. It was a Moore 24. And a Moore 24 is very small. It turns out it was the same boat he double-handed during a Trans-Pacific race to Hawaii, a race he's completed on this and other larger boats a number of times. It was during this trip, he jumped up to put up the spinnaker and he handed me the tiller he told me to try to keep the boat flat and push the tiller the opposite way I wanted the boat to go, which makes no sense to someone who's never sailed before. The little boat was surprisingly responsive and easy to maneuver once you got a feel for it, and I loved the water. Spending some summers on the lake with my grandparents on their beat-up old water ski boat and other water adventures on old smelly houseboats, it just brought back a lot of really cool memories for me. Later that summer, my optimism for sailing came to a dead stop after two things happened. First, we sail in a bay where conditions can change in an instant. Wind, current, tide, fog. On this particular day in the bay, it really had mixed emotions. At one moment, it was cheerful and sunny, and the next, it was just treachery and confusion. In an instant, I appreciated that if I fell off the boat, he could come and get me. But if he fell off, we would both be pulled out to the ocean and both of us would die. The second incident happened later that summer. We were taking down the mast after spending weekends that summer boat camping uh, on a far enough place where we had to put it on a trailer to bring it back. We were in the air about 14 feet high on the boat trailer in a grass field that, to our surprise, became a parking lot when we walked back from lunch after having cleaned the boat all morning. He was straddling the cockpit with both hands in the air, so he's six foot two, but the mast was still really towering high above i was supposed to ease the rope i mean the line and the count of three or was it after the count of three the line had a mind of its own and it was made up and there was no easing for me it went flying out of my hands and the mass snapped down to one side where he teetered to one side to grab it before it fell over and hit the cars parked below Besides almost watching him fall over the side or get his brains bashed out by the mast, the mast broke at the base. We both stopped and took stock of the situation that could really have been bad, and we weren't even on the water. I was just devastated. I mean, it was a new relationship, and I broke his boat. He sat me down and he said to me, Look, people who do stuff break stuff. And he reassured me it could be fixed. By then, I was fully in fear, realizing that his idea of fun wasn't going to work out for me unless I was able to climb up the learning curve quickly, from sailing tactics, to line handling, to reading maps, I mean charts. We sold this little boat and we joined a sailing club, which doubled as a sailing school and a charter operation. It came with all the classes, and then you could charter their boats, which were bigger. I committed myself to taking the classes, which he took too since it was something fun we could do together, he said. And I just thought this was ridiculous because he had been sailing and racing for years. But he was fun to be around, and I used to be cute back then, and I was grateful he enjoyed spending time with me. Turns out, this was really a great idea. And he helped me understand the concepts better and gave me practical examples that I could connect to. After a couple years, I had my sailing certifications done, and we enjoyed day sailing in larger boats with fully functional heads. I'll say what a difference information has on your confidence and psyche. The lessons took the hocus-pocus out of sailing for me, and at least I could grok the basic principles, how to hail a mayday and safety, and man overboard procedures. While I've got a long way to go at this point, at least I know the boat physics enough to not freak out when the boat starts heeling over and enough practice to know what to do if someone gets ejected. There is comfort in that. Next, we tackled coastal navigation, which, I'll be honest, wasn't easy. For him, yes, because he's an engineer, but not for me. I'm a liberal arts major, and it turns out navigation is a particular combination of trigonometry, physics, and algebra. I think I took those classes at some point in high school, but never found any of it useful in my everyday life to remember any of it. To my surprise, I passed the navigation course, which was a life high point for me, although my kids were unimpressed we began to plan for a bareboat catamaran trip to Belize through a local charter company. This is where the fun begins. We set out on All Points Bulletin to our friends to see how many we could enlist to help us split the cost. Well, I mean, how many of them wanted to join our adventure? We soon had a boat full of people, and we had the trip of a lifetime. Belize shouldn't be missed, though navigating the coral takes nerves of steel. We went back a couple years later with a different group, that included a friend of ours who has since been a stowaway on every trip we've done since then. She's great at accounting, so she keeps everyone honest when it comes to splitting all the costs. And she's a ton of fun. And also, she's from Brazil, so she doubles as the entertainment, especially after she imbibes on a couple glasses of wine. We've done a number of other trips, bare boat chartering, larger and larger catamarans each time. We always found an excuse to get a bigger boat. This is what not to do if you want to hold on to your wallet. Catamarans lure you in by spoiling you with great light, stable sailing, and I mean, there's just so much space. Our little sailing hobby began to turn into a retirement plan, and we talked more and more about where we would like to sail and where we would like to visit, and when it would happen after we retired, which was another 15 years out or so. We stuck a pin in the idea and moved on to the issues of the day, you know, jobs, homework, swim meets, soccer practice, and what to eat for dinner. One day, everything changed. I won't go into the details in this podcast of what happened because it's not my story to tell, but it's important to understand how one day changed our lives. One of our children was struck by a car when riding a bike. The accident should not have been survivable by anybody's accounts, including the first responders and all the medical staff. In the end, a miracle happened and there was a full physical recovery. That's about two years of crisis packed into three sentences. But like I said, it's really not my story to tell. All of us were faced with what we all intrinsically know about how precious life is. Our household, our blended family, our extended family, and our community. And nothing prepares you for something like that. Once the situation stabilized, my husband and I had a couple serious conversations about our priorities. What we wanted for our children and what we wanted for ourselves after our children moved out and moved on with their lives. We both had a whole new perspective on what was important, and that time was never a guarantee. Suddenly, our careers, our routines, our belongings just didn't seem all that important in the grand scheme of things, and we started to discuss what we really wanted to accomplish and experience in this very short life we have. And this is where people our age start to contemplate shifting their priorities in their life, their life purpose, perhaps teaching or philanthropy, running for office or saving the planet. We chose sailing. We chose it because we want to connect with new people and places, and we want to see the world outside of hotels, airports, and conference rooms in foreign countries, which both of us had experienced a lot in our careers. If I'm going to be born and die on this planet, I want to understand as much as I can about what it's like for different people who live on it. So we circled a date on the proverbial calendar, and that was the day our priorities made a polar shift that changed everything. This was our way of moving forward, to circle a date. We decided to call it a sabbatical because that's all we could wrap our heads around at the time. We didn't know how, but we knew when. And if there's one thing I know I could count on to keep us honest, it was a deadline, which is one thing my entire life I've never missed, an important deadline. When did your dream turn into a plan? What made it real for you? please visit the Covert Castaway episode page or Facebook and provide your advice next to this week's episode or any other topics so I can cover things you're interested in. Join me next time when I talk about how we got our sailing plan kickstarted and ignored every piece of advice anyone will give you about where to start. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another Covert Castaway. Fair winds for now.